Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Kogan Money Credit Card. Packed full of value with rewards and no annual fees. Summer Breakfast. Welcome back to the show. If you're just joining us for the first time, good morning. Julian DeStoop and Simon O'Donnell with you. Uh, SEN Breakfast for the Kogan Money Credit Card, packed full of value. So pretty dramatic uh, first day of the third test up there at the SCG. This tweet from Steve Waugh was interesting uh, late yesterday. I'm just about to speak to Jared Waitley. Uh, test cricket needs to realise there is a lot of competition out there and not using the lights when the players are off the bad light simply doesn't add up. Lots of unhappy spectators who can't understand the rationale and reason for no play. I never thought Steve Orr would be a hashtagger. Hashtag common sense. Hashtag move with the time. So that was... Uh, one of the most respected voices in Australian cricket, Steve Waugh, with his thoughts. Uh, Jared Waitley joins us this morning. Morning, Jared. Jules, Simon, hello. What's your take on the uh, the bad light rules and how it all unfolded there yesterday? Yeah, too much play was lost yesterday. Um, I think any uh, the common sense tag is is fair enough. Is thirty two thousand people are there to show peace event. The rain delays are one thing, but uh, they were all, all umpires and players were too precious with the light. Now that's easy to say when you are sitting on the outside, but they went off prematurely in the middle of the first session. And then that set the bar too low. And then it was, it was almost a bad joke at one stage when the rain had finished, the game had been prepared. The patrons had been told play was about to resume and they walked out with the light meter and, uh, and declined to start. Uh, And it, there is, um, there are there are moments of uh, it's almost illogical that at a ground that has such a storied lighting as the SCG that you would be offered two in the afternoon with light. Now Simon's uh, lived the experience, and there is a little bit of a pushback this morning from those set of former players, which they, they lined up behind Steve Waugh, who was in the crowd, so he had a, a good read on the unrest that was happening in the stands. Alan Border, Mark War is they weren't advocates of continuing to play through poor light when they were playing, but Steve's suggestion that you have to move with the times feels right. So to be there yesterday, it was uh, it was unsatisfactory for the, for the occasion that so much play was lost. Jared, going from the ground and the uh, supporters at the ground, the spectators, to those sitting at home. The the Manus Lavashane catch. Uh, I'm sitting at home watching all, all the uh, replays that uh, Richard Kettleborough had, and you know, he made a decision that it hit the turf. Two three minutes later, up comes a, another angle that has been blown up that distinctly shows that the ball was caught. Now, yeah. My my issue here is that if the umpire third umpire is to make a a decision of wisdom, he needs to have every possible angle or if it's blown up, uh, uh, wherever that best vision comes from, he must have it. Is that fair and reasonable? 
Yes, of course it is, Simon. And again, this this defaults to logic. So uh, this is where sport trips itself over with technology and the human interpretation of it. And I'm a huge sceptic on that front. I think sport repeatedly fails. And I've been a long-term believer that in the uh, in the worthy endeavour to solve the howler, technology and humans invent entirely new howlers. And yesterday was a gold standard howler because, and Jules, you and I talk about this in the AFL regularly. That, that every now and then there's this um, this absurd suggestion put forward that there are more angles yes. that we didn't see that exist, and it's total nonsense. But in cricket, it's real. We have two broadcasters in cricket who operate a set of separate cameras. So Fox have a set of cameras within the overall, which are exclusively theirs, and Channel 7 have a small set of cameras uh, separate to Fox, which are exclusively theirs. Now, Fox is the the international broadcaster. It's the host broadcaster. So it's the Fox cameras that feed into the overall, and they they are the tools for the television umpire to use. But the 7 Ultra HD camera, which is essentially offline to the, to the third umpire, it captured perfectly the catch. But it was unavailable to anyone bar those watching Channel 7. And that is, I mean, you don't need me to tell you how unsatisfactory that is. But it felt like the wrong decision at the time. And then it was proven to be the wrong decision through the, the absurd failure of technology by having cameras that weren't available to the third umpire to make his decision. Surely that goes on to the discussion paper between Cricket Australia and the broadcasters, not just the host broadcasters, but the broadcasters, to say, guys, this must stop. This isn't a game between two broadcasters and who's the smartest. This is a game to give you the best. This is a a product that we want to be presented as the best possible sport we can and the fairest possible sport we can. Surely that discussion now takes place, Jared, and we should not see this situation again? Yeah, I, I would agree with that, again, as a matter of logic. But then there's the commercial reality to it is you do have competing broadcasters manning uh, manning the test match, and one has the the right of way with Cricket Australia to be the... Uh, to be the feed, to be the host broadcaster, to provide internationally, and in the way that it has been delineated, that's been Fox. They have the rights out in the middle where Channel Seven are are off to the side, and so you, you see it. Um, it's it's visible at every day's play what the what the pecking order through the money that's been paid is. But yeah, it, it, it's never satisfactory when you are sitting on the couch at home with better information than the man who's charged with making the decision. So how I don't know how easily resolved that is um, because it will be stitched into contracts that have been well-written along the way. So, no, but that was... I still think Richard Kettleborough made the wrong decision with what was in front of him. I think there's a certain absurdist element to... Uh, the differentiation in, in an LBW, the umpire's call carries huge sway, like determining sway on the on the technology. But the soft signal in the middle for a catch is entirely dismissed once it's only there, as it turns out, if there's a technological failure. There's no replays. So I think that's a terrible discrimination against the umpire 
in the middle and it's totally inconsistent from one decision-making process to the other. Jared, just going back to the issue, read the, the bad light, is there any merit in the suggestion that was thrown up yesterday about potentially introducing a pink ball when the light is no good or is that just, that just would not work? I don't think that works um, because there is a major difference between test cricket played with a pink ball and test cricket played with a red ball. But there is an element of, so what, what is it? Is, is this entertainment for those in the stands watching and for those at home or, or does it sort of owe to the, the lineage of the past? And the players objected uh, publicly, but especially privately when pink ball cricket began and there was a suggestion from active players that those statistics should set entirely separate mm. to the history of red ball cricket. So that's how silly it was at the time and how protective the players were of their own records and what had happened. I think now that, 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 looks, um, that looks as petty that, as it was at the time, but there is a difference between the two. So you could have the game continue on that front, um, with the pink ball once bad light hit, but I don't think it's true to the contest. So that, that's probably the compromise I wouldn't be prepared to make. But I do think it's... I think it was reasonable to ask those players to continue on yesterday at various times when, when we were off the bad light. We're talking a lot about logic and common sense so when we're talking about the bad light issue and what happened with the third umpire yesterday in Marnus Labuschagne. Is, is it perfectly logical that Matt Renshaw is playing this test despite having COVID? <laughs> uh, it's, uh, compared to the events of a year ago, everyone in our community will, will grapple with it. Um, but now COVID is being treated as uh, it's, it's just your health. So if you're healthy enough to continue on, um, it, it was, it's odd, like there's no question that it's odd, but we have seen that in multiple sports. Uh, we saw it at the Commonwealth Games. We, we've seen it at international events. We have had it on home shore shores as well. So it really entirely swings now on whether Matt Renshaw is well enough to play when his time comes in the test match. And there's a, there is a simple substitution system, which has rightly been set up, that if his health deteriorates, he'll sub out of the game and be replaced and there was a, a Shield game late last year where Victoria ended up using 14 players. They had two COVID subs and one concussion sub over the course of the match, sort of to match with the times. So, yeah, it, it can feel a little bit odd. And I think probably the, the number one visual was that Renshaw had tested positive to COVID and wasn't wearing a mask. And think about where we were a year ago, where you were completely ostracised once you once you tested positive for the greater good. The, the problem for Australia is, I think we well know is once once you've tested positive, you you probably have spread before then, and he's been right in the fold. So there, there is a very real risk that multiple Australian players end up testing positive, and some will be fine, and some will be really crook. Uh, so we may well have a change in cast within the Test match as a result. But it, it's so unf- it's, I feel for Renshaw because mm. he's had the long wait. Um, this is. Uh, it's a really bold step by Australia to play him, both in the setup of this team, but they want him ready for India and, and back inside the team setup, and they want him playing. So he has waited a, a long time. I was there in Pune when uh, when he was opening the batting, and he had to leave the, the field with the with the stomach upset for a period of time, and, and then come back. But uh, he, he looked a long-term Australian batter for a long time, his first time around, and I think everybody's hopeful that that, that materialises. In the short term, I imagine in the middle order, but he, he will be one of the long-term openers once Warner and Kawaja retire. 
Jared, I hope you're ready for this really hard hitting mm. question that I'm about to ask you. Did anything good happen yesterday? <laughs> It was hard not to sort of be dragged down by it all. Because it, it, it was a weird day. Um, and it's like Sydney, this Sydney test is like a recurring nightmare, mm. Simon, where days out the forecast just turns and then you arrive and I look out the window and it, it's just grey. It's been raining all night and you live in fear of the forecast over the, the next few hours. Is, is it supposed to improve as the day goes along but even the forecast is so vague it's between 2 and 15 mils oh that's that's not terribly bold and we go from a a very high chance of showers in the morning easing in the afternoon to the high chance of a thunderstorm in the afternoon so I don't know which part of the forecast works Um, there are given that that how um, the Sydney siders are, are so dismissive of Melbourne's weather uh, it's appalling when you come up here in January and it, it's really, uh, it drags the spirits down. It's supposed to be this great celebratory test, but the number of days I've sat through where there's been no play or like yesterday interrupted and the number of times it's happened on Jane McGrath Day, which is the centrepiece of it, <laughs> it, it, it just drags you down. So um, the funny part of it, yes, one good thing happened yesterday, Simon, is during the bad light delay, Thousands and thousands of fans got their phones out and switched their torches on to make a mockery of the fact that they weren't out in the middle. And it was brilliant. That that was the people having their say, uh, and I salute them for it. Uh, Jared, a bit going on uh, with uh, TV and cricket at the moment. We've seen David Warner sign with Fox Sports, which was uh, interesting, came out a couple of go, uh, days ago. The new TV rights deal, uh, Paramount well, they eventually denied they made an offer, but the, the signs were that they made an offer bigger than the combined between Seven and Fox. We're going to see a reduced BBL schedule uh, when that new deal comes in. I know Nick Hockley's part of the coverage today. Well, what what are a couple of pressing questions you have to Cricket Australia about these TV rights? I think the, the length of the Big Bash, which almost everyone to a man said they'd made a mistake when they extended it and they belligerently told us that we were all wrong... Uh, only to realise that we were all right. So, what what is what's the benefit of the of the reduction? Um, it, it'll have a, a tighter footprint over the school holidays. And this is this school holiday period of the BBL has been excellent. It's got right back to its um, its purpose, which was when it was at its peak. Every night something would happen, mm. which we would all be talking about the next morning. And I feel like that has absolutely been the case. There have been big crowds at some of the showpiece events, and as I understand it, the television ratings are, have restored to a degree as well. So, um, yeah. So there's another year to go of this length of 63 games before it comes, or 65, I think it is, before it comes back to 43. So th- there's the there is the concession that it expanded too far um, beyond what the, the ideal was. So now television has dragged that back, essentially. That that feels like that's Channel 7's um, parameter to, to be part of it, is it had to be reduced. So I think that's one of it. That, and the, the second element is that the white ball internationals stay exclusively mm. on Fox. Um, and I, I'm, I'm conflicted in these conversations yeah, always because I have a contract with Fox, but I'm not involved in their cricket coverage, is that that has been problematic, I think, for um, for that for the 50-over, particularly the 50-over form of the game, which is still rated really well even in decline on Channel 9, 
And then just naturally, it, it has a smaller audience on Fox. So um, Fox, I think Fox are outstanding partners for cricket in the way that it's presented and having a channel. We, we know through footy how important it is for a sport to have a channel. Um, so they were always going to be part of the new deal. But there is, there is a little trade-off along the way. And I know every time we talk about this, there's a, a flurry of texts from those uh, who used to watch 50 over mm. cricket on free-to-air, who don't watch it now behind a paywall. Just on the AFL you mentioned there, uh, Jared, we we're, were talking about uh, Matt Renshaw and playing with COVID the other day. Are we going to see those rules updated in the AFL? They weren't updated during AFLW. Um, will we see uh, that this yeah. year where players can play despite having COVID? I feel like, Jules, I saw something in sort of late November which suggested that... Um, COVID positives would still be isolated from the clubs so that you wouldn't be you wouldn't be there on game day if you tested positive. So not quite the uh, not the same rigour as, as was there previously. I don't know whether that was sort of the hint of what was coming or whether that was formal policy, but it felt like um, the clubs would probably take the precaution not to have COVID positives within the setup and thus not playing. Um, but we will reach a point where it will simply be, are you well enough to play? But then whether you can spread it or not and compromise the whole setup um, might be might be a club issue. So I don't, I don't know, um, but I feel like there was something late in the year that hinted that probably not. Before we let you go, weather update up in Sydney today. How's it looking and uh, what are we expecting? No, it's grey. It's clearly been raining all night. I don't think it's raining right now. So... Um, I don't know. We're supposed to get underway at 10 o'clock. I, I don't know whether we'll quite reach 10 o'clock, but the forecast is supposed to improve as the day goes on um, with the with whatever rain is left easing. So fingers crossed. I think I think we'll get a decent chunk of cricket, but the problem is, is the light really is no better out my mm. window than it was where we finished yesterday. And once you set the threshold that we're off at this point for light, I think you have to observe at the whole test match. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to promise you a full day's play because it just doesn't look like that to me. Having a look out the window, yeah, it could be another interesting day up there at the SCG. Uh, Jared, looking forward to the coverage, in particular the chat with Nick Hockley throughout the day. Thanks again for your time. Terrific, lads. Good on you. Thanks, Jared. Great to speak to Jared Whateley, the captain of the SEN Test cricket commentary team. Leads one West Ham now. I wasn't going to mention that. Uh, I'll give you a Premier League update. Uh, Nottingham Forest 1, Leeds Southampton nil at half time. Leeds 1, lead West Ham nil. 35 minutes in. Wolves have scored a goal on the road against Aston Villa. Uh, that game is a little bit later. 20 minutes in and Crystal Palace Spurs nil nil at this stage. Get involved on the 40 Winks uh, temper text. Get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 Winks, serious about sleep. Time for a news update. Uh, no, that's not quite yet. I've gone a bit early there, Coxie. Let's just have a break, eh? Let's have a break. I'll go and get some milk. I'm get a yeah, can you go and get us some milk? Yep. Summer breakfast. Julian Stoop, Simon O'Donnell. Time for your calls on the other side of the break. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Shut up, Coxie.